Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tristan, we had the start of the BBL last night. I don't know what the crowd was like up there at the Woolen Gabba Ground. There looked to be a lot of empty seat. They make it tricky too with all the different coloured seats up there at the Woolen Gabba Ground. So, um, but a crushing victory for the Brisbane Heat. Colin Munro, uh, spectacular and Michael Nisa uh, and Mitch Swepson very good as well. We've got the second game tonight or Friday night, depending on when you're listening to this one and that is the Sixers taking on the Renegades at the SCG. You might want to go through the markets, mate, for um, for winner, um, run score. You've got all sorts of markets at topsport.com.au. Yeah, we've got a stack of markets, and it was a very uh, very dominant start to the uh, tournament for the Heat. Uh, as you say, Munro there going just short of his 100. Uh, the Scorchers are the firm favourites to win it all. They're 350 the Sixers $5, the Heat 6 the Hurricanes 7 Renegades 8 Thunder 9 Strikers 10 and then the Stars 15 So very, very tight uh, competition. All teams are certainly a chance of... Um, of featuring come the business end of the season. Uh, we, we've got a stack of markets. We've got the top uh, top team run scorers, top wicket takers. We're going to have all of those up for each of the teams up until their first game. The guys will then sort of try to release as many uh, throughout the tournament as they can. Obviously, just be mindful of the, the players who are going to have international duty over the course of the season. So make sure you get your, uh, your schedules out and you see which games those players are going to miss. We've got a stack of markets. It's obviously... One of our biggest betting events over the course of the summer. There's plenty of people that love getting involved. The live betting as well, in particular, when you've got the uh, when, when you've got the run, the total runs, which ebb and flow quite significantly when it when a batsman gets going, or there's a couple of quick wickets as well. So check all the markets out on the website. We'll have about a hundred markets up on each and every game, and uh, plenty of uh, options there to sink your teeth into. The game tonight or Friday night when you're listening is the Sixers and the Renegades, as you say, one sixty-five the Sixers. 225 the Renegades, and then a quick turnaround for the Heat, where they play again on Saturday night. They're away to Adelaide. $1.76 the Heat and 206 about the Strikers. Obviously, Chris Lynn now over there for the Strikers, and he'll be taking on the Heat, who uh, he obviously had a big part in their early part of the competition. Uh, Lynn Sanity over there at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, so uh, just on that, um, abbreviated tournament this year, not 14 games, so 10 games. So you've got to start well. So that's a bad sign for the Stars in that loss last night. Uh, interesting to hear Moses Enrique is talking about how the Sixers are traditionally slow starters. Well, you can't afford to do that with the abbreviated games. Uh, do you reckon, Tristan, during the course of this, that the Scorchers will get a better price than 350? Because to me, they look just so hard to beat. Yeah, they, they look so hard to beat. And obviously they've got that fortress over there in in, in Perth. Mm. So the 350, it does look very solid. But as you say, with the abbreviated tournament, if they do lose a couple of games early, then maybe that price can go out. Obviously, you know, to win the competition, it's that that different finals format as well. So if they can finish up near the top of the leaderboard, then, um, then, then their run to the finals are going to be very strong. Probably the thing to be mindful of, their first two games are away to both the Melbourne-based sides. So I guess if you're determining whether you want to back the Scorchers, 
It's how you think they're going to go in those two games. They're playing the Renegades in Geelong uh, on Sunday, and then they they play the Stars at the MCG there on, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. So if you think they're going to win both of those games, then I'd certainly be taking the 350 if you like them for the tournament. If you think they're a chance of dropping one or two of those games, then maybe you can wait out until they get to that that home ground advantage. But that's probably the question you got to you got to pose to yourself as to when you want to jump in. Interesting, Jimmy. Uh, I live about a block from the Gabba, and oh, yeah. the noise, the noise out of the Gabba last night was uh, very strong, and there were a lot of people around the streets leading into and after the game. So I think the crowd was probably pretty good. And interesting that you mentioned the stars and starting poorly and losing. I mean, I think they seem to do that most years in the BBL, don't they? Uh, been one of the perennial underachievers, I think, in uh, the BBL over the last ten years. And the Scorchers, three fifty. They look very strong, and my goodness, their record over the last five to six years of the BBL and winning in Perth has just been a stranglehold, hasn't it? Yeah, very strong. Uh, Glenn Maxwell looked like he had a bit of tennis elbow or something there last night as well, only chipped in with 23 out, and it's it's out to a ridiculous shot. The only problem is we've seen him play those ridiculous shots and score 201 not out in a World Cup, so... Um, too a, a bit hard to be critical of Glenn Maxwell, but the injury concern uh, is of interest. We've also got the Prime Minister's Eleven game going on, so uh, they missed their opportunity too. The two Aussie guys for the bat off, um, uh, Bancroft and Harris, Renshaw and Green, they're not out players overnight. But well done to Pakistan's captain, their new captain, uh, Shan Masood, batting three, two hundred and one not out. What's been the level of interest? And we'll get to the most interesting thing about cricket very shortly. But the level of interest in the test series that's coming up against Pakistan, Tristan? Uh, probably from a betting point of view, not massive just yet. I think, uh, as you say, we're going to talk about the most interesting element. But uh, it's probably been we, we've gone from uh, World Cup to the India series, including the WBBL, to the Big Bash. And then I still think... A week's a long time in cricket. So I think people are probably going to get excited about the uh, the Test Series probably maybe after the weekend coming up because, yeah. um, you know, we've obviously got squads in place, but, you know, we're, we're waiting to see how the Pakistanis get through uh, this, this tour match, which they've, they've started quite well. So there has been a firm for Pakistan in the market on the back of their performance that's currently in play where they were $6.50 to win the game. They're now into $5.80. So still big, big underdogs, but... Certainly a little bit of support at the big odds about them to uh, to, to to cause an upset there in that first test. So Shaheen Afridi is their star left-arm fast bowler. Very, very good. World-class. He hasn't played a game or won't play a game leading into the test match until uh, since they played England in a one-dayer uh, almost middle of November. So it's incredible, the preparation. And yet um, they won't let Scotty bowl and bowl four overs for... Um, the I think it's stars uh, in the lead up to the test match, and he's a reserve, so uh, I think that's a load management. Uh, I know what that was a load of, but uh, anyway, that's the way high performance are, are doing it at the moment. He has bowled quite a few overs in the lead up uh, with Sheffield Shield. So let's get to the story that's uh, gripped everyone from a cricket point of view, and that is um, the comments in the column by Mitchell Johnson around David Warner, uh, George Bailey to a lesser degree. And then it blew up again when George Bailey questioned the the mental health in many respects of Mitchell Johnson, who then bit again. Um, I, I reckon it says to me, boys, and um, you guys have been around professional sporting teams a lot, but what it says to you, if you think professional sporting teams are all um, roses, then think of it as like any other workplace. And that's probably getting a little closer to the mark, Tristan. 
I think you're exactly right. Uh, probably the big difference is in most other workplaces, you don't have former members of those teams that are able to go to their own newspaper columns or podcasts and be able to to put their point forward. Then it gets a lot more uh, airtime than than your normal workplace. So yeah, there's certainly been a lot of interesting comments. There's been some valid points raised, I suppose. There's been some, you know, people have mentioned a few maybe personal attacks that have come out. Um, you know, and, and obviously it's uh, it's it's snowballed from there. So I, I think everyone's got an opinion on it. And, and I think obviously Mitch is probably one of the only former players that have, that have actually aired his opinion in an open forum in the manner he has. And I, I think, you know, you go to any pub and people are debating whether Warner should or shouldn't be in the team. And, um, yeah. you know, the fact is now he's been picked. Um, you know, the, the Aussies are very, very firm favourites to win this match and to win the series. And, uh, you know, you think it's highly likely now he progresses through to to the to the end of Sydney, which is what he we put forward there a year ago. Is that the right move or not? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a strong view on it. I, I guess the, the the question is: Is there someone that can come in to replace him? But then on the flip side, is this is probably the one of the the matches that if you do have someone that you're a little bit uncertain about, is this the best opportunity to get them into a team where they're potentially going to have a, a, a not not a baptism of fire and be potentially part of a winning team that might build that confidence and momentum going into the next phase of their career. So there's lots of different ways to look at it. Obviously, Warner was very successful in the World Cup as well. So that's probably assisted his confidence in some sense. So obviously, the Ashes was a pretty tough tournament for him. So there's a lot of questions, I think. I don't know if we're going to get all the answers over the next month either, but I think we know where it's going to head and he's going to be finishing his test career at the, uh, the, at the SCG. I thought Johnson made some very valid points that I agree with and, and certainly raises the question. Uh, what I'd love to see, which clearly we won't ever, will be what that text message was that uh, Warner sent back to Johnson uh, many months ago that clearly aggravated Johnson and stirred this along and it adds some spice to uh, this coming coming series and uh, how Warner does or doesn't aim up and yeah, yeah, very interesting. I was a bit disappointed in Bailey's comments. Uh, you know, I just wasn't sure that going where he went uh, and and throwing that little barb at Johnson was really appropriate as a national selector. Bancroft fifty three, Harris forty nine. So I would say this this part, boys. Unless Cameron Green or Matt Renshaw get one fifty today in this Prime Minister's eleven, no one has done enough to kick down the door to say if David Warner gets. 12 and 16 and then eight and two that he should be out of the side. So when you think about that and you think about, like he might only bat once in one of these test matches against Pakistan in the lead up to the Sydney test match as well too. So you just never know what's around the corner. And so based on that, unless we get that big score today from one of these two players, then I would suggest that David Warner will be there to Sydney regardless of how many runs he scores in, in the build-up. And to be honest, David didn't request that he get the SCG test match, but he certainly backed the selectors into a corner by saying he would like to finish there. Um, and, you know, whether he deserves it or not, you could argue that there was a period of time earlier than this that the selectors had to be brave with their selections, and they weren't. However, everything that they did in that World Cup was supported by the players. So they've got a few credits in the bank, the selectors. So... That's another way to look at it as well. But all very interesting uh, what's coming up during the course of this summer, test matches and BBL as well.